Yeah, we, we first met in Missouri. You had written a piece for uh, Alarm Will Sound, and it was uh, inspired by basketballs bouncing, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Right. That's so, that, I mean, that's also a form of play. I mean, so you say that's really an important part of your compositional style. I mean, when you get these ideas, are you kind of, you know, walking around and you see somebody engaging in an activity like that and you think, oh, that's a great idea for a piece? Is that kind of how it starts usually? Yeah, you know, but uh, that means there are just too many inspiration because basically your life is uh, full of inspiration because you see anything that could be music. So I, actually the selection and then thinking about what the meaning is exactly, you know, like uh, what uh, the basketball could mean to lots of people and then how is it related to other things. It's the same with the bubble because it's a children's play. It comes with some sort of nostalgic idea and then also the, you know, visual element of um, reflecting light. So it should be something bright, right? So all those um, meditation on all those plays takes more time. That's the first piece by Teksu Kim that I ever heard. It's called Bounce with two exclamation points. And it was performed by Alarm Will Sound in Columbia, Missouri at the Mizzou International Composers Festival back in 2014. I was there uh, with my producer, Jesse McCorders, Four Relevant Tones, we were covering the festival, which was kind of interesting for me because that's where I had gone to undergraduate. I had left in 1995 to move to Chicago. And so here I was almost 20 years later coming back uh, to cover this festival for Relevant Tones. And uh, one of my old composition teachers, Dr. William McKinney, was still active. In fact, he was uh, one of the main guys hosting uh, the festival. And this festival is a summer fest put on between Mizzou and uh, Dr. McKinney, but also Stefan Freund in uh, the composition and, and cello department. And he's also the cellist for Alarm Will Sound. So it's a great opportunity for composers over the summer to work with this ensemble, Alarm Will Sound, live in Columbia during the hottest time of the year. <laughs> I'm not joking about that. It's very, very hot in uh, Missouri in July. And uh, write a piece uh, for Alarm Will Sound and hear it performed in a final concert. Texu and I would uh, stay in touch after that initial meeting and uh, i've programmed his music in new york on my concept lab series and uh, well we've just stayed in touch and i talked to him recently because i'm doing a bunch of lectures for the grant park music festival this summer and Texu has a piece that they're uh, performing so we were talking about that and i thought hey we should do a relevant tones episode as well so it was really fun to catch up with Texu. i'm excited to feature some of his music some i had heard before and some new pieces as well a lot of the music that I'm going to play comes from an album, a relatively new album, called Playful, which is a portrait of chamber music uh, that Texu has written, and it came out during the pandemic. Let's hear Texu tell us more about it. So <clears throat> during the pandemic, um, lots of performers uh, would not have an opportunity to perform in person or on the stage, but they had this time to practice and also do some recording projects. And, so some of the performers and the producer became interested in um, contemporary music for some reason. And they asked me if I would be interested in uh, producing a solo album, portrait album of my music, especially chamber music, because we can't do um, large ensemble music. So yeah, and I, they came up with this great performers lineup. So like the best performers in Korea. So I, I wouldn't say no. I was really, really grateful that they approached me. Yeah, that's a really great opportunity. 
And um, how did they think of you? Did you have a connection with them in the past? Or how, how did your name come up for this? So the producer is also very well-known pianist in South Korea. And <clears throat> I worked with him like a decade ago as an arranger. And for some reason, he remembered my arrangement. He got a good, the good enough impression to remember my name. And then after that, we just, um, you know, sometimes we just run into each other. And um, especially after a Facebook or social media became a thing, you know, we were able to stay in touch in that way. And then, yeah, so he had that idea in his mind for a while. And finally, when I visited South Korea last year, we were able to have a meeting. And yeah, that's how it happened. The first piece I want to play from this album is a three movement work for violin and piano called Sonata Amabile. Yeah, Sonata Amabile, of course, you know, as you can imagine, that's a, um, something about love, right? And um, I generally, I'm generally into music that is inspired from outside, right? Um, because, you know, as you, under, as you remember, um, the first piece we got into uh, that introduced us actually is Bounce, which is about basketball and the coffee grinder or, you know, all those outside phenomena or activities. But I was getting into my 40s and I thought probably I should do something that expressed about my own self more directly. And, and uh, when I wrote this piece, the director of the festival, it was commissioned by Seoul International Music Festival. And then the director um, he, uh, told me he loves my music, but at the same time, he wanted uh, me to write something serious. I mean, yeah, I, I am always serious, but there is this atmosphere and approach that people would think ser what serious is. So, well, I, I took it as a challenge. And, but, you know, I couldn't come up with something about like a peace and war type that's too big for me so i just uh, went into my own self and what do i want to write about like do i also write about um, other people or something but i if i go into really really all the way down to be honest about my um to my own um, myself i realized that i why i do music and that is because of course i love music to begin with but at the same time I want to be loved through my music. And that's something that is a very honest desire, I think. So, and I thought that would resonate with lots of other performers or other people at the same time. So the first movement is um, titled Ki, but that is about Giseng. Uh, Giseng is basically uh, geisha. It's an um, entertainer slash prostitute uh, in south korea like uh, in 15th century through like a 19th century i mean still and so it's a in a way it's a performer like a musician they they act like a musician but to as a performer and musicians um being loved is not a passive thing you know to be loved we have to struggle a lot we have to just strive for being loved. I, I think it's ironic 
and something we need to think about because you know to be loved i put almost all myself into music but when it comes down to musical material other things i came up with um this specific gesture that is kind of sultry kind of like a swinging that and also actual quote of music that um, early korean gisengs would sing i'm going to play all three movements of sonata amabile i'm going to start uh, by playing the folk music that inspired the first movement and then we'll hear from Texu about the second movement and that was inspired by a buddhist chant so i'll play that and then we'll hear Texu talk about the third movement and then hear that our performers are Ju Yong Bak, violin, and Ilya Reshkovsky, piano. <laughs> Thank you. 
is not kind of like a, the other 
side of love, I thought I would talk about um, uh, giving love. And I instantly think about one person, um, which is my mom. I mean, it's just kind of stereotypicalizing, but you know, just the love I got from her uh, naturally made me think about her, but her way of love, there are uh, different types of show, um, way to show the affection. Um, in her case, it was not only her doing things, but also her praying because she is a very religious person. And well, Korea is very Christianized country and very evangelical and very gung-ho. Um, Korean Christians are very gung-ho. So for example, my mom would go to church every morning at 5 a.m. And that tradition came actually from way early, like a 15th, 16th century, when moms or other people would um, pray. Either they go to temple or a bottle of water, and then they just uh, um, pray in the morning, like early in the morning, uh, praying for the well-being of the family, especially their children. So I incorporated um, two different um, relevant rituals. <clears throat> One is a Buddhist prayer, uh, wishing a well-being, and also uh, shamanic, shamanistic rite. Even though my mom is Christian, I <clears throat> wanted to just decontextualize everything. So I set the stage in somewhere like a 17th, 18th century in Korea.
And the third movement is Mu, um, and that's about the sham, shaman, 
and um, it's a love, but like um, shamans are also female in Korea, mostly. Um, and they have to go through this particular ritual to be a, a shaman, but it's not themselves who wanted to be shamans. They were usually chosen by the gods or spirits. And then the spirits, of course, you know, um, the girls would resist to be a shaman, but the shaman then, uh, the, the spirits would do harmful things to your, uh, the girls themselves, but at the same time of their, to, to their family. I, somebody gets sick and somebody gets like crazy, and then eventually they surrender to the spirits and then they go through this particular ritual called Nerimgut, which means um, a ritual of accepting. So I used lots of um, musical elements from the, the ritual as well. And um, lots of fights between the violin and piano. And at the same time, you know, eventually they become one. And like a psych psychedelic music I wanted to write. And I have some psychedelic slash um, I don't know, spiritual experience when I was young because I was um, forced or, I mean, I was in my church when I, which I attended when I was young. Um, they were very spiritual and then they always put, put people into that psychedelic moments. So that was also very personal um, experiences that are translated into music.
That's Ju Young Beck, violin, and Ilya Reshkovsky, piano, performing Sonata Amabile, all three movements by Teksu Kim. And we heard Teksu talking about the inspiration for each of the movements, and in two cases, we heard music that uh, inspired the music, so to speak. Uh, in one case, a Korean folk song, and in the other, a Buddhist chant. And um, those videos, there's a video of the shaman ritual for the third movement as well. They're all on relevanttones.com. I posted them on the show, uh, the Teksu Kim show that's at relevanttones.com. You can't put videos in Anchor, unfortunately. But uh, you can go to relevanttones.com and check out those videos if you want to see more. Let's do one more piece from this album. It's called Homage to Anonymous Ancient Fiddlers. If, if you just expand different genres and different traditions, there are just so many great musicians that are just uh, unknown. So um, I just wanted to write something about them, honoring them. And so, yeah, that's how I got the idea of writing this piece. So I was envisioning like a virtuosic a folk fiddler. That, that was what I was getting. And then I combined different traditions, like uh, East European traditions in that the violin, two violins are slightly tuned differently. Like one is uh, a quarter tone or a sixth tone lower than the other. And um, also lots of virtuosic techniques, like uh, um, in even classical style, in different styles, so, so that they can just uh, to show off as, as much as they want to. So yeah, that was the idea. And at the same time, you know, it's about us. We all struggle very hard to survive as musicians. And uh, I think it's worth celebrating.
That was homage to Anonymous Ancient Fiddlers by Teksu Kim, and our performers were Ju Young Beck and Ye Hee Kim on violin, or fiddle, as it were. I have time for one more piece, and I'm going to go with the piece that will be featured, or by the time you listen to this may have already been featured, on the Grant Park Music Festival, and that's Blow Fly Pop. So we'll hear Teksu Kim, we'll, we'll go back to uh, Zoom land and hear Teksu talk about that piece, and then we'll hear it to close out the program. This recording is by the Korean Symphony Orchestra. Relevant Tones has been sponsored by Access Contemporary Music, a nonprofit organization with the mission of bringing musical creativity to life every day. Find out more at acmusic.org, and 300-some-odd shows are archived at relevanttones.com. For Relevant Tones, I'm Seth Bosted. Thanks so much for listening. The title of the piece is Blow Fly Pop with two exclamation points. Um, <clears throat> it's about bubble blowing. I, I am, one of the things I'm into is um, music that is inspired by play, like a children's play or something very um, simple and everyday life inspired. Uh, and uh, this is bubble blowing. So blow is, you know, blowing part and then the bubble flies and then the bubble pops, basically the life of bubbles. Um, and so, yeah, I incorporated like uh, the sound of it, how it looks, and I tr translated how it looks and feels to music. And I used some actual toys um, as a visual element. Oh, nice. So, I mean, it sounds like the structure of the piece is kind of uh, being generated by, like you said, the, the life cycle of a bubble. Uh, I mean, you, you feel it expanding, 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 pop, and then it starts over again. Is that kind of how the piece works? Um, similar. It, it definitely begins with the blowing part. So lots of performers will have actually um, small transparent cup with uh, water in it. And then they will actually blow water, uh, blow with the straws into it so that um, that is a visual part, but also people can hear the sound because a lot of people doing it. So like a warbly sound. And then from there, the music emerges. And then lots of like, you know, flashy um, passages coming in later, uh, basically um, showing the uh, fly part. And at the same time, um, there is this um, plastic poster that a lot of East Asian countries use as pencil board. They're like a posters, but they're um, just like this, just a small, small cover or something. And then when they just uh, do this, it sounds like, mm -hmm. and then that uses usually, uh, that's used as pen in the classroom usually when uh, students get like uh, too warm. So that's how I got the idea of um, associating that with a flying part because you know, it's kind of pen. And then if you're just panning the bubble, you know, bubble, you can direct the bubble in a way. So <clears throat> then with that orchestra does lots of like warbly sounds and also like lots of flashy sounds as if, you know, you can imagine like the bubbles whirling around you. That was my imagination. And then of course, you know, at some point there are lots of bubbles. So it doesn't have to be just a blow, fly, pop. And it's, going, blowing, uh, flying, and popping at the same time. So 
the pop parts would be produced by <clears throat> actually popping sounds of balloons. You know, and then balloons look like a giant bubble, basically. Thank you. 